This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If there is one sure thing about hunting, it is that you are going to spend money. And on this episode, I'm going to talk about how you can build a realistic hunting budget no matter where you are financially. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about how do you budget for hunting. All right, there's no guarantees that you will take game. There is no guarantees even that you will have fun, but there is an absolute guarantee that you are going to spend money. It is just the nature of the game. You've got to spend money just to get out there, even if you do nothing. Spending money is just part of hunting. So then the question is, how do you budget for it? How do you pay for and come up with the resources? How kind of a plan? How do you figure this thing out? All right. What do you do in order to do this? Now, this has both to do with getting started for the first time, getting out into the woods. But it also has to do with people that have been hunting for a long time and are just trying to figure out the right balance. All right. You know, a lot of people, they jump into this sport and they don't realize all the costs that are associated with getting started. And then they spend that money and they get started and they don't realize all the costs that are associated with continuing. And there ought to be fewer costs than there are, but marketing. And you've always got to have some new thing, some better thing, some warmer thing, some more effective thing. New things continue to come out and then there are just recurring annual costs that a lot of people don't think about. So how do you do how do you work all this together and plan for a budget? Well, the first things first is you got to count the cost. 
All right, you gotta count the cost up front or before you even start budgeting to figure out, okay, what does it take to do this? And I like to do that in two ways. First of all, what are the hard costs? What can I not get around? And then what are the other costs that are not as, as concrete and foundational? What are the more discretionary costs? So you've got the hard costs that you can't get around, and then you have all of the discretionary costs. And so we're going to look at this two ways, both from the beginner and then from the person who is already in the game and up and running. So if you're looking at it from the beginner, of course, a huge portion of this has to do with what are you going to hunt? All right. You're going after deer. That's one thing. Turkey. That's another. Waterfowl. Different story. All right. Every different pursuit requires different things to hunt it. But you're going to have across the board, there are things that are the same. So if you're going to go hunt anything, you're going to need licenses and tags. All right. You're probably going to have to take some kind of a course, a hunter safety course, in order to get your first license. Then you're going to need to buy a license. And you might need additional tags on top of that license or additional licenses, depending on where you are, what part of the country you're in, what your state laws are. So you're going to need licenses and tags. You're going to need some kind of a weapon, firearm, rifle, shotgun, bow, some kind of a weapon. You're then going to need something to expel from that weapon, some kind of a projectile. So that may be rifle bullets, that may be shotgun shells, that could be uh, arrows with arrowheads. You're going to need the thing that you propel at the target. Then after that, you're going to have the things that you're going to, you need to wear to get out there, right? That you're going to have to wear something, whether it's high tech, low tech, you know, just something that is at least color appropriate for the game that you're going after. All right. Then there are the other costs of what do you do after you get the animal? Okay. Well, you're probably going to need a knife. You're probably going to need uh, some plastic bags, uh, any number of other things. Uh, you know, if it's a turkey, you can just bring that home and butcher it yourself. Same with a duck. If it's a deer, you're probably less inclined to just bite that off and, and butcher your first deer by yourself. That's a much bigger job. So you're probably going to have to take that deer somewhere for processing or to a buddy. Uh, but if, if you're going to have processing, then you're going to have those fees worked out. And then what do you do after the hunt? Are you going to mount something? Are you going to do a plaque? Are you going to do something free? Uh, there's costs that are associated there. And so you've got all of these sort of baseline stuff to get into it. Um, but there's so many other things. If you're a deer hunter, you got a tree stands, deer blinds, you got all kinds of stuff. If you're a waterfowl hunter, you got decoys, you got boots, you got waders, you got all kinds of stuff. If you're a turkey hunter, you got calls and you got vests, you may have blinds. Um, there's just so many things. Every different pursuit has its own thing. So instead of just going through, you know, some meticulously boring kind of spreadsheet approach, 
What I want to focus in on is how do you set a budget for you based on whatever your financial condition is? All right, what is a reasonable way to do that? Now, there we won't, let's just start with deer hunting here, uh, looking at the recurring annual costs that you cannot get away from. Right, so you're going to have licenses. In my state, you're probably looking at 30 bucks or so every year. I could probably get the real numbers, but it's about 30 bucks between your regular license and your doe tag. If you're going to do a uh, archery, you're going to add another 20 some bucks on top of that. So for me to go deer hunting, $50 a year minimum, just in tags and licenses. Then there's going to be some cost of ammo, arrow, something. So for me, if I shoot one arrow a year to take a buck uh, with a nice arrowhead, that's going to set me back $20 a year, assuming I can't reuse that arrowhead or that arrow. Um, if I shoot two deer, it's 40 bucks. So let's just call it two because I always get two tags. I don't always intentionally go hunting both deer. Depends on what my meat supply looks like. But okay, so that's 40 bucks. Uh, so then I'm at $90 on the year just in those things. Well, then I'm going to need some plastic gloves, some Ziploc bags, uh, just some other disposable, some hand warmers I'm probably going to use, you know, hot hands and so on. So we're at $100 and hard cost, disposable, consumable stuff. We got to spend every year just to hunt the deer. Now, I take my deer for processing. I don't butcher them myself because I don't have the space where I live and I don't live in a neighborhood where I could uh, get away with just hanging it in the front uh, from, from a tree in the front yard. Uh, but even if I did that, I don't have the refrigeration necessary in order to do everything else that I would want to do. So I get my deer processed. Where I take the deer, they charge $140 for a buck, $120 for a doe. And that is cut and ground, or however you want it, vacuum sealed, hard frozen in their industrial deep freezer with the antlers um, on, on the skull cap and handed back to you. And of course, I'm always going to get some extra stuff made. I might get some maple sausage or some kielbasa or some deer sticks, pepper sticks, cheese sticks, something else made with the deer. So probably just call it some kind of an average $200 in processing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm going to get a $25 mounting kit to mount those antlers without fail. So if you're keeping score, we're at 100 plus 200 plus 25, so that's 325 for me personally every year 
to hunt deer and get a deer. <clears throat> now I'm not I'm not pricing multiple deer there. That's just one deer to get butchered. If I get multiple deer butchered, it's either going to cost more or I may just give that deer to somebody else um, and let them, you know, do whatever they want to do with it. But baseline now could go up from there about $300 depending on how you slice it for me to go out and shoot one deer. Those are the hard costs for me to go deer hunting. Now it's a little different for duck hunting. Um, for duck hunting, you don't have as many recurring annual costs. I've got the $26 license plus the uh, whatever, about $5 for the migratory game bird permit and then 20 was it $24 something like that for the federal duck stamp. I should have looked this up, but whatever they are. So that's, um, you know, about $60 in tags and such. Then you've got ammo. And I don't hunt as much as a lot of other people do. So I may go through in the woods maybe two or three boxes of ammo a season. And so let's call it three. Um, so I typically hunt with uh, bismuth most often boss bismuth and so i'm at about let's call it uh 35 dollars a box um is what i get it for because i am a uh, paying member of the boss program so 35 times three what's that come out to be about uh, uh about 105 bucks so i'm at 60 plus 105 165 and then probably going to go through some hot hands I'm probably going to go through a couple garbage bags probably going to go through some other consumables so we'll call it about 200 bucks a year to go waterfowl hunting I'm going to need a boat permit every year uh, for my inflatable rowboat that I use to recover the birds in deep water that's about ten dollars a year so about 200 bucks uh, is the hard cost for me to hunt waterfowl every year. That's about what it comes out to be. And so, <clears throat> now some of those costs, oh, actually almost all of those costs, are in addition to the deer hunting costs. Almost everyone is in addition. Um, so there's very little overlap, just the just $25 overlap. So between deer hunting and waterfowl hunting, I'm up to $500 a year just to go into the woods uh, then if you look at turkey hunting i go out turkey hunting also uh, that actually does not really cost me anymore because i already bought the tags for the other two i may buy the extra turkey tag so i can take two <clears throat> we get one turkey tag included with our license and then we can buy an extra one for bearded birds in the spring for another 26 dollars so that, and then you've got the cost of ammo. If we say you take two shots, I'm typically using TSS these days. So that's two shots at $15 a shot. And then that's 30 bucks plus 25. That's uh, you know, another 55 bucks. So might go through some hand warmers. We'll call it 60. So for me to hunt deer is 300 bucks. And to get a deer, of course. If I don't get a deer, it's much cheaper. 
Um, it's only two, it's only 100, but I've gotten a deer every year for like the past six years. So it's, that's what the price has been. Uh, some years, two or three deer. So then 300 for deer, 200 for waterfowl, 60 bucks for turkey. So we're at $560. All right. What about pheasant hunting? I do hunt a, a little bit of pheasants, uh, but I typically just use ammo that I already have extra ammo I've got for testing or leftover waterfowl ammo it really doesn't cost me anything else uh, I mean I don't know probably should attribute something to it. oh there is a pheasant tat or permit it's like another 25 bucks so now we're at uh, 300 plus 200 plus 60 plus 25 and we should probably just round that up so that's uh, $600 a year for me to go hunting, period. Now, you probably don't hunt as much stuff as I do. Maybe you just hunt one or two of those things. But for me, that's $600 every year to hunt those four types of game. Now, I also hunt crows a little bit. I hunt doves a little bit. But I just use target loads for those. And I've always got some extra target loads around but I don't go through boxes and boxes. I mean, a little bit. So I'm already going to have that stuff because I go shoot sporting clays and other things. And I do all these videos. So, you know, there's just always a, there's always an extra couple boxes of, of shells lying around for other things. I'm not even going to count that. So about $600 a year for all of my hunting hard costs. Can't get around it. So how do you pay for all of that stuff? Now, that's not even buying another pair of pants. That's not getting a new coat. That's not getting a new pair of boots. All right, that's just what it costs to keep going into the woods, spending nothing on anything else. Now, what I recommend people do, <clears throat> and most people don't do this and won't do it, and you may hear me say it and you may say, hey, that's a good idea, but you're not going to do it. Um, but what I like to do is accrual. And every time I get paid, I like to set aside a, a, a bit of money towards all the different things that I do in my life. So, for example, I get paid, I've got money. I know every paycheck, we're going to set this much money aside for living expenses. And that's groceries and food and shampoo and everything else. I'm going to set money aside for bills, right? That covers, you know, the, the rent and electricity and car insurance and all the other bills. I'm going to set money aside into the car account or the car fund because I know every year I'm going to have to get that thing inspected and there's going to be emissions. And you know what? That car is going to need tires sooner or later. And it's going to need a new battery sooner or later. And there's just going to be maintenance stuff that you need to do. Right? You're going to have to get new brake pads eventually. Every now and then something is going to need replaced. Like a, a bearing or a spring or something is going to break and need fixed. So every paycheck... I put aside a, a, a portion of, of funds into a separate car fund 
so that whenever something happens or is needed for the car, there's the money for it. Do the same thing with healthcare because insurance and stuff like that costs real money and as do like doctor bills. And then I like to set aside then a portion of money, among other things, I'm not going to go through all my personal budgeting, but for hunting. And so how much do you set aside for hunting? Well, I know I need $600 a year minimum. So you've got 52 weeks in a year, 26 paychecks in a year. So if I set aside $10 a paycheck for those 26 paychecks, that's going to put me at $260. So if I set aside uh, $20 a paycheck, that's going to put me at um, $520. So I need to set aside about $25 a paycheck in order to cover everything. Um, that's just about what it comes to be. You got to about $25 a paycheck to cover all the hard costs and necessities of hunting for the year. And so people say, well, how much should you set aside? Well, you've got to start somewhere. And the place where you start is the baseline, the costs you cannot get around if you want to hunt. So every two weeks, I set aside $25 then or need to set aside $25 or $12.50 or so every one week into the hunting account or into an envelope or into a fund or a folder or whatever, however you do it, it's just on paper, um, you know, spreadsheet, back of a notebook, napkin, wherever you write this stuff, you got to set aside this money. And that just covers the recurring minimal costs that it takes to do the sport. Now, if you only hunt deer and you butcher the deer yourself, well, that's $100 a year. If you, you know, if you're archery hunting and doing everything else that I did. Um, so that's a lot less. If you only hunt waterfowl, that's going to be a lot less. You're up to, well, if I only hunted waterfowl, that'd be 200 a year. And so I could save like $8 a pay period and cover that no problem. But I hunt a lot of stuff and I like to hunt a lot of stuff and being, you know, the guy doing the podcast and the YouTube stuff, I, I probably ought to be hunting a bunch of stuff if I'm going to be talking about it and telling you guys what to do um, and, and how you can do better. And of course, I go after other things too, right? Um, you know, small game, predators and so on. But that really doesn't cost me any extra money because I have all of that ammo and those stuff, all the guns, everything's already lying around. So if I'm going to go predator hunting, I've got the same box of ammo that I've been using for like the last four years. And we don't shoot too many predators uh, in a given year because I only go out a couple days a year. If I'm going to go out small game hunting, I have thousands and thousands of 22 uh, uh, bullets that I can use that I've just had since before there even was a podcast, right? It's just, it's a non thing. And, you know, various other pursuits as well. Groundhogs, whatever, crows. I've got the stuff already for it. I don't go through enough of it that they need to really add anything to the budget. So for me, 
$25 a paycheck minimum. But of course, it doesn't end there, right? There's always more stuff. There's things you want to buy. You're going to want a new gun eventually. You're going to want a new pair of gloves. Your boots are going to wear out. Your waders are going to wear out. Your tree stand's going to rust through. You have got to accrue more money than the minimum in order to be a realistic hunter. That doesn't mean you need to buy Sitka gear. But eventually, you're going to wear stuff out. Eventually, you're going to have to replace stuff. It's just the way of the world. So then what do you do to cover those things? I recommend you set aside a percentage of your take-home pay. All right? Every paycheck. So maybe it's 1%. Right? Now, this is in addition to the hard costs. So I know I need to set aside $25 a paycheck to cover all the hard costs of all the stuff that I hunt. I recommend you set aside a percentage of your take-home pay in addition to that. All right, if you if you make $1,000 a paycheck, 1% is $10. That's $10 a paycheck, that'll end up being 220 or $260 a year cuz you got 26 pay periods. And so if you set aside 1% of your pay, if you make $1,000 a paycheck, then you're going to have $260 a year in the hunting fund to replace stuff and buy stuff. For some people, that's sufficient. That's For some people, that's plenty even. In fact, for some people, that's enough to cover their hard costs and accrue extra money for other things. It is not enough for me, though. Because I am a gear fan and I hate being cold and I like to buy stuff. Now, I am nowhere near the shopper that a lot of people are. I don't buy as much stuff as you might think I buy. Uh, But every year I'm probably going to buy a new something. New pair of boots or a new jacket or a new coat or a new set of base layers or a new something. And I'm to the point now in my hunting career where I'm not buying, you know, $20 parkas at Walmart anymore. I'm not buying Sitka gear either most of the time, unless it's secondhand or 50% off. You're going to have a gift card on top of that. But I'm going to spend a couple hundred dollars a year on replacing stuff or upgrading stuff. And that hunting blinds, you know, every couple years I need another hunting blind. I, I typically keep two up in the woods at all times. And so if it comes time to replace one, uh, a decent hunting blind costs about 150 bucks. Um, they certainly can cost more than that, but that's about where they start. And so I know every two years or so, uh, maybe less, I'm going to need another hunting blind. Tree stands last longer, but none last forever. So I keep up uh, three tree stands. I'd say the average tree stand probably lasts five to ten years. So I know every three or four years, I should probably accrue money to replace a tree stand. Now, tree stands aren't that expensive, except they also need ladders, and they need hooks, and they need straps, and they need extra straps if you're like me, because I don't trust one ratchet strap to save my life, so I'm going to put three or five on that thing. 
those straps actually tend to wear out faster than the tree stand does. Um, but if you get 10 years out of a tree stand, you've got three, you're going to need to replace one every three or four years, right? That's just the math that you've got to do. Um, you know, for waterfowl hunting, eventually I'm going to wear out my decoys. And how long do my decoys last? I don't know. Five to 10 years, probably. Um, I don't use all of my decoys on every hunt. I don't use decoys on every hunt, period. But I, in the early season, I will hunt with uh, my wood duck decoys. Later after that, I'll hunt with my small mallards. And for certain hunts, I'll hunt with my big mallards. So I've got three different sets of decoys. So those decoys last a while because um, <clears throat> they all get used at different times and there's not that much overlap because we don't have huge water with tons of ducks that need to throw out all of our decoys in a massive spread too often. Uh, but, you know, you got to estimate this stuff. I use waders. How long does a pair of waders last? Well, uh, in terms of the industry, probably two years. In terms of the waders I buy, five years or so. So I know every five years, I need to get another pair of waders. Um, so you got to accrue for that. If, if your waders wear out every two years, based on what you buy and or how often you hunt, it's not always a matter of what you spend. It's also, you know, if you hunt 40 days a season and I hunt 10, well, yours are going to wear out a lot faster than mine. That's just, just the way the math works. So... Uh, you got to think about this stuff. Turkey vests. I got a new turkey vest last year because my previous turkey vest of five or six years started to wear out. Stuff started to break and fall off and it wouldn't hold together right anymore. So it was time to get another one. But I can be pretty hard on turkey vests. So you got to think about whatever it is that you use, you have to put that into a frame of mind of this is going to wear out eventually. You know, gloves tend to wear out faster than jackets or coats or pants. Shoes tend to wear out faster than jackets and pants. Gloves wear out faster than shoes for me. But I know every so often I'm going to need to buy a new pair of this, new pair of that. And so you got to set aside or plan, budget, prepare for this kind of stuff. Now, if you make $1,000 take home pay a paycheck, one, that's not bad at all. $10 is 1%, $260. If you make $2,000 a take home pay, well, that's double that that you're setting aside now. You're setting aside, you know, $520, all right? So whatever you do, but 1% is usually a decent place to start. 1% of your take-home pay, this is on top of your hard costs. So we calculated those hard costs. I know I need $25 a paycheck. And then 1% on top of that is going to be your replace, repair, upgrade budget course you can do more than one percent you could do two or three percent depending on what you make you know if your take-home pay is ten thousand dollars a paycheck well hey one percent is going to go pretty far it also depends on what your priorities are if your take-home pay is five hundred dollars or if you know you you're a, a teenager working through high school and 
and you just work part-time and your take-home pay is $200, well, okay, 1% of that's $2. Well, that's, that's not going to do anything. So it depends on what your priority level is. If you're a teenager and you work to make money to hunt, 50%, 80% of your take-home pay may go into hunting, right? But for, for most people that are, you know, adults working in the real world, that's, that's not feasible. But it depends on what your priority level is. It depends on how much uh, of yourself you invest in the hunting, how much of your money you're comfortable investing into it. You know, 1%, I think, is a good starting point. You might do 5%. You might do 10% and just love to travel and hunt things around the country or around the world. But keep in mind, it all depends on how much you make. It all depends on what your income is. The more you make, the more 1% is. Um, but that I think is the simplest and most straightforward way that you're able to do this kind of a thing. Project, plan, get a sense of, um, now here's the other thing also, this approach can help discipline your spending. If you decide you're going to set aside 1%, 2%, 3%, whatever it is of your take home pay for hunting, uh, or for this hobby, because maybe bigger even than hunting, right? Maybe you do sporting clays too. Maybe you just like firearms and you want to buy guns. You set aside whatever that percentage is into its own account, into its own fund, folder, spreadsheet, envelope, whatever, however you do it. If you set that aside and, and you discipline yourself and say, okay, this is my budget. Whatever's in there is what I'm able to spend. All right, so I want to go and buy all this stuff, but how much have I saved? How much have I accrued? What do I have available? In this way, you keep yourself from spending money that you ought to be saving or spending on other things. You keep yourself from taking money out of the car fund, and you know eventually that car is going to need stuff, but you're like, well, I could really use a new pair of this or a new one of those or a new shotgun. If you don't plan money and you don't set money aside, you will never have money for the things that you need. And then you will be apt to try to pull money from other things that you ought not anytime something comes up. So if you have no budget, you may spend thousands a year in hunting because anytime you need something or want something, you just... You, you rationalize it. Well, let's take money out of the car account and buy a new side-by-side. -side. Let's take money out of the health account, uh, out of the medical bills account, and let's go buy, you know, some new Sitka gear. And anytime you need or want something, or you see some good marketing, you're apt to pull money out of other places. And in the long run, that catches up with you. That can cause problems. But if you say, hey, we're setting aside... 200, 500, 1,000, 5,000, whatever it is, dollars a year for hunting and for hunting related stuff, then you say, okay, I want this, I need that. How much money do I have in the budget, in the account? And if it's not there, you just discipline yourself. You say, nope, not yet. Or no, not that one. Or no, let's get the cheaper one. All right, let's wait a while. No, nope, maybe in the spring, maybe in the fall, maybe next year. But you're able to keep from robbing other areas of your life, taking money that you ought to save to go on vacation with your kids 
in order to, to go buy hunting gear because you don't have a hunting budget. And you're like, well, if I don't take the money from somewhere, I'll never buy anything. Oftentimes, get this now, oftentimes you can save money by setting more money aside for hunting because you can control your spending by setting a budget and knowing that you have money to buy whatever you want or need for this pursuit, as long as it's within this budget, as long as it's within that. But you, there's something liberating about knowing I've got money set aside to buy the stuff I want to buy. Every time I get paid, I'm setting money aside. And when I want something, I can buy it. Maybe I got to wait to buy it. Maybe I got to not buy some other things. <clears throat> Maybe I got to just hold off a little bit, but I can get it. There is a way you can run the numbers. How much time is it going to take? And you're able to focus and discipline yourself and you can see it coming. You can see it happening. You've got vision that you know you can get those things if you want them bad enough. It's just a matter of timing as opposed to plotting and trying to figure out where else in your money you can pull cash from in order to go get this thing because that's the only way to do it. Well, I want it today, so where can I pull money out of? Nah, I don't really need it in my 401k. Yeah, that'll catch up with you. I don't really need it in a health account. Well, you will eventually, or somebody will. Nah, I don't need it in the car account. You think it's going to run forever? But if you're just, that's the only way you know to get the money to do the stuff, you just do it indiscriminately. And you will often spend way more than if you just intentionally set money aside, budget for it, plan for it, and then stick to that budget. So that's my recommendation, guys. Now, if you're just starting out, you need to count the cost. You've got all those things that I just mentioned, which may be factors for you, but then you need everything. You need a gun. You need gear. Uh, so I've done entire episodes on this subject, how to get started, how to get gear, how to find gear cheap. Go to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Go to whatever you plan to hunt, ducks, deer, waterfowl, turkeys, whatever, there's probably one or more episodes about gear and getting started there and how to get gear cheap. Go ahead and dig into that. Then get the figure out, okay, what's a budget? What's it going to take? I mean, if I can borrow my, my cousin's shotgun and I can get some of this at the thrift store and I can buy some of this cheap at Walmart, then add it all up. Okay, what's it going to cost? What's it going to take? What are you going to need in order to do this? And then you just plug it into that equation. All right. And you just plug it into that equation and start to try to plan and budget for it. And that can help you keep your life in balance, stay realistic, um, you know, keep your goals and your plans and your projections and, and everything in a place that's healthy. And, and you're getting and doing the things that you need to do that are important to do. It's all about being realistic, counting the cost, and then finding a way, a path, a plan in order to accrue those funds. All right. If you're not an accrual accounting person, change. It's just that easy. Just change. You can do this. This is not that hard. Every time you get paid, just take the money out and throw it in there. A lot of banks will... will 
They have services and things that they will do this for you if you want them to. A lot of banks, they'll set up uh, Christmas fund accrual stuff. So every time you get paid, they'll take $30 out of your paycheck and put it in the Christmas fund. And then once you know Christmas season rolls around, you've got your Christmas money saved up. Well, you can do the same thing. Just use that for hunting. Make that your hunting fund. You know, there, there you, doesn't necessarily have to be a manual process. There's certainly ways that you can automate it if you want to. You know, talk to your bank. There's, there's lots of options out there. There's apps. There's all sorts of things that you can do that can help this uh, be a little easier, run a little smoother, and all of that. So guys, I hope this episode was helpful for you. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out all the other episodes and everything that I've mentioned and all the other assets that are available there for you. Head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with comment to help grow the channel. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods. <laughs>